0: The following story has been brought to you by StoriesToInspire.org. I want to illustrate this through a story. It's a story about the Baba Verebbe, Rib Halberstam, the Chitzadik Levrach, who passed away in the year 2000, Rosh of Tovshin Samach. The story was related by a famous activist in Bar Pakademas, Rebbe and Stein. And he heard it from the Baba Verebbe, who shared with him his first encounter with the American political system. The Baba Verebbe, Rib said to him that it was 1946. His wife and children were murdered in the Holocaust, as was his father and mother, the Gdusha Sian. The, the Baba Verov, was killed in 1941. He had one surviving son who succeeded him, Naftolcha, Naftali Halberstam. He was in Ertisral after the war, and he said, I was alone in America, no money, no contacts. He rented a studio apartment in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and he prayed in a shul that was at the, on the block. The situation of the refugees in Europe was devastating because they didn't have a home to return to. The British were not allowing them to come back, to come to what was called Palestine. It was very hard to get into other countries. They had no loved ones to embrace, no money to begin a new life. The Baba Berov said, I heard about a congressman whose name was Saul Bloom, and they said that he was the most powerful congressman in Washington, and he can help. I was also told that he follows the law and order to the T. There's no deviation of strict procedure and strict law. So anything that's not according to the letter of the law, don't even bring it up because he'll just expel you from his office. Now, Congressman Saul Bloom was the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee and the Committee on Immigration for the Department of Justice, and he was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from New York, 19th and 20th district now he was a well, very well known opponent of what was known as the Bergson Group and others who tried to adv- advocate non-conventional rescue missions of Jews from Europe to America during the Holocaust he was an opponent because it didn't follow the strict law of the United States of America, now he would return from Washington to New York every weekend but the Baba said it was almost impossible to get an appointment with him after 6 months I got an appointment with Saul Bloom and they said the appointment is going to last for five minutes. <laughs> you could be there five minutes to the second. After five minutes, you're gone. He said, now, I was a nobody. I was a greenhorn. Yeah, a greenhorn. A, a new immigrant. A few words of English in my vocabulary. I'm a Galician boy. The Baba son. I took a bus from New York. I slept during the night. No money for a hotel in 1946. He said, I slept in a bench in a shul nearby. So I wouldn't be late to the appointment because if I was late 60 seconds, I would have four minutes for the appointment. I got there early, I introduced myself to the secretary, the secretary said, what's your name? I said, my name is Shloyma Halberstam. Where are you from? Galicia, thank you, Eastern Poland. What are you doing here, I have an appointment. Okay, wait, he said, I see people are going in and out of his office, two hours I'm waiting. The two hours they said, you can go into Bloom's office. I walk into Saul Bloom's office, the congressman was busy proofreading letters that were prepared, for him to sign and he didn't even bother to look up at me you know coming to come into an appointment and the person <laughs> will not even take the time to look at you he's busy with his papers so what is he supposed to do he stands at the desk and he's waiting finally Saul bloom notices somebody's in the room and with a dismissive tone without looking at him he says who are you and what do you want the baba Virov said i realize that if i'm going to say my name is shloyma halberstam when I come from Galicia, the appointment wouldn't even last five minutes. It lasts around nine seconds. How do I attract his attention? So I said, Mr. Congressman, I am a lawbreaker. He looked up. Sablum <laughs> looked up. When was the last time you introduced yourself to a congressman, a very powerful congressman? I'm a lawbreaker. He said, explain yourself. What do you mean? He said, Mr. Congressman, I'll explain myself. Where I come from, Galicia, there was a law, and the law was that every Jew had to be transported to Auschwitz and enter into the gas chambers. My wife and children, like another six million Jews, followed that law. They were led into the gas chambers. There was another law, and that is as a Jew, you weren't allowed to hide in the forests, and if you were caught, you were shot or sent to an extermination camp. There was another law you weren't allowed you weren't allowed to help a jew hide in the forest or in a house and if you did you were murdered there was another law you weren't allowed to smuggle yourself out of nazi territory you had to remain there and allow yourself to die mr congressman i am a lawbreaker i broke every single one of those laws and that's why i'm here today i ran i hid i broke every law you know why i'm telling this to you i'm telling this to you because Everyone who broke the law, Jews who survived, are back in Europe, and there's nobody to help them and rescue them. I know you're going to quote me chapters and stanzas and sections and verses of the American law that prevents you from helping. I know that, but I don't care, because I'm a lawbreaker. And I'll tell you why. If there are laws that allow people who are innocent to be put to death just because they have Jewish blood flowing through their sinews, Those laws are cruel, and those laws are evil, and those laws must be broken. And he said, I broke down in tears. I broke down sobbing. I couldn't go on. And when I looked up, I saw that Saul Bloom was also crying. The end of the story is, this law and order tough guy became one of the greatest clandestine lawbreakers in Congress. He and the Baba smuggled loads of refugees into the Brooklyn Navy Yard on weekends and stamped them with false visas. I remember my father was in the hospital. It was a few few days or a few weeks before he passed away. So I went in the middle of the night to visit him. It was Beekman Hospital in Manhattan. I came 11 or 12. So I went, so there was a security guard there. So he says, you can't go visit a patient at this hour. I said, listen, the man had an amputation. He's very ill. He's extremely ill. I'm his son. Let me go. He says, I can't. It's not according to the business. I said, what do you care? I won't. You don't tell, I won't tell. me go to the elevator and go up. And I gave him a sob story. It wasn't a sob story. I told him the true story. He refused and refused. Finally, he felt bad for me. So he looked at me. And this is what they always say. He says, sorry, man, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> so I told him a line I once read. I said, calling it your job doesn't make it right or good or logical. <laughs> Calling it your job doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. If this is your job, change jobs! Not allowing a son to go visit his father in the middle of the night. He said, okay, go. (laughs) A person knowing certain moments when you have to be a rock in the most powerful sense and most positive sense of the word, not out of stubbornness and obstinacy and the lack of ability to be pliable and compromising and and reasonable and flexible. Then it could become a curse but out of the knowledge that I'm representing the ultimate truth and kindness. And if I don't stand up for it with pride and dignity, if I am not a lawbreaker when the law is horrible, then being a Clay Harris is actually being an accomplice, an accomplice to the negativity. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories StoriesToInspire.org